three, three two, two. Wait, is my hair alright? Yes. Okay. One. Hello, Hello and welcome to the eighth Shut Up and Sit Down I podcast. I might be the seventh. I don't know. Maybe I don't know. And we've got a very special guest this time, haven't we, Paul? <laughs> That's right, it's me, Sting, from the band The Police. Sting, can I just say, I'm such a fan. A very current band. <laughs> <laughs> Did anybody like me in June? Ah, uh, no, well, yeah, I suppose. Oh, I, thought you, I thought you meant a month. <laughs> a month in June. Can we get at the analytics? Should we, just, for June? should we just um, talk about board games really quickly before this totally goes... Okay, um... We've got a list of games to talk about, haven't we? They should is there a, oh, there is a June board game oh I played that a while ago did you we didn't put that on the list you played the June board game and it's quite hard to get hold of but the June board old. game is just Rex it is the older version of Rex with uh, you know quite old looking components and so, but plays kind of similar slightly different still just as good different board slightly different right I see Ju- oh god a friend That's of good. mine told me uh, hard he, to get hold of can you summon the sandworms I, a, the sandstorms yes. sweep around the board. Sandstorms sweep around. There are sandworm cards. There are cards that are useless heroes that you can you can draw these like Ameritrash style cards that are powers, and some of them are just heroes that do nothing. <laughs> but you hold them in your hand, and people think they're useful, mm, and that's quite good. Neat. And you burn them when you don't need them. Yeah, my friend's uh, wife, I think, made out of wood because the June board game is famously out of print. Made out of wood. Yes. A, a, a copy <laughs> I'm glad of June you finished board that game. sentence. Uh, yeah, and it was a good present. I, I've, so I've been totally derailed now. But I thought you were just innuendo. Say, no, no, no. I wasn't innuendo. I thought you were saying my friend's wife is made out of wood. I oh thought, God. And I was like, huh? <laughs> <laughs> of course, we should reveal, actually, it's not really Sting. It's not Sting. It's actually the, the police. It's Matt Lees, who helped us out very recently. We've been doing a fabulous series called The Opener, which teaches you, uh, well, uh, how to get your friends into games. Isn't yeah. that right? That's, that is right. It's <laughs> bloody difficult. We yes. might talk about that in a little bit. Can we? we will. So coming up on the show very quickly, we've been playing uh, Kemet. Uh, sort of uh, new Egyptian war game. We've been playing Masquerade, which is Bruno Faiduti's uh, game yeah. of hidden roles. Uh, we're going to talk a bit about Risk Legacy, Cube Quest, uh, some pandemic uh, chat because that game uh, is certainly very popular and, and not going away. We're going to be answering your questions, and uh, we're also going to be talking a bit about getting people into board games and generally being crusaders uh, with varying degrees of success. Yeah. <laughs> because uh, Matt's very good at this stuff um, but shall we start by talking about Comet which is a fabulous new hot new release and a little bit oh. you're going to do a video of it aren't you in, um, in lots of detail the day after this podcast goes live I'm going to do a very detailed video review that of Comet so I think what's really important is that you guys get your thoughts down before I blow this out of the water I liked it it was good it was good It was there was a lot of information for me to absorb which isn't bad but when you start the game, you're laying out like all these tokens you can buy, and there's a whole deck of cards with special powers, and you have that um, info sheet, that sort of cheat sheet that tells you what all the cards do and what all the tokens do for all the powers and that yeah. stuff. And it's like a sequel to Cyclades, really, isn't it? Yes. But it, it felt to me like it had more special powers than you have in Cyclades. Yeah, so Cyclades, a uh, game we, we absolutely love, a game of a sort of island-hopping war game where everyone plays different colored Greeks uh, struggling to control islands and bidding yeah. for the attention of gods. Uh, very simple war game, very elegant. Uh, whereas, whereas we've got a new camera. Uh, Matt hasn't played uh, Cyclades, no. but uh, how did you feel about How would you... you you describe Kemet in, in what you've got oh, 20 seconds right well it's just generally you've got all these men running around and uh, <laughs> and you can't put me under pressure like that I'd probably do it in 20 seconds if you hadn't said 20 sorry, seconds sorry sorry god ah. I'm so sorry um, no but it's um, Egyptian stuff and you've got pyramids and you've got to win victory points but there's a, there's a pleasing number of ways you can win the victory points you can go and win fights or you can build up your pyramids or you can take over temples and there's it's kind of at first you kind of think oh it's not too hard it's not too tough but then I see you talk about the booklet all the powers yeah. the actual game has lots of bits and pips in it but mm-hmm. it doesn't feel messy it feels really clean and really nice yeah but then yeah you have this like I kept referring to it as the shop <laughs> it did very much remind me of like being in like a kind of traditional PC yeah. RPG where you've got well I've got 20 gold coins and I can buy <laughs> these powers what am I going to get except it is the most ludicrously overblown shop it's not like a loads of Egyptian stuff. Argos yes. it's like huge, do you want huge snakes do you want like sort of uh, yeah. a blood sacrifice ritual that's that will it. make you more and, you, I mean, you feel like a god I did I felt I didn't feel like a god at first <laughs> I felt like a god 
in the sort of like the sense of <laughs> that I was I had a plan about the sort of god I wanted to be. Yeah. I was an aspirational god, and eventually I became that god. Which is interesting because that worked for you. You created a kind of economy of buying certain things and focusing on certain powers, which mm. suggests there's other ways you could play oh, and other ways you could try and win and the game. I think it's the cheat sheet was my only problem with it is because you had this little booklet and I kept referring it to being like like the piece of paper you get in a box of chocolates. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. Which ones do I want? And I like the way that some were, some were unique and others there were multiples of so you yes. could, you know, some of them like if you didn't grab it you were never going to get it because somebody else had it for good. But it would have been nice especially because we were just playing with three people it wasn't too bad because it would just be like can I have a look at the shopping list please and see what I want to get next <laughs> but I think if you were playing because it was five people so up to yeah, five it's really lacking into the it's a shame well. and actually it, it would be really easy to fix that if they just put in like five it's of funny, them in the because box. the box is so generous otherwise you have all these gorgeous custom miniatures giant yeah. scorpions little soldiers pyramids uh, a, a beautiful board. The thing that surprises me is that uh, war games, you know, usually have a sort of ebb and flow of units. They're things that you can get your head around. And then you read the manual of this one. It's You can teleport your units anywhere. You can buy one of like 42 different powers. There are all these different ways to win. And you think, how does this work? But it was structured. It really did work. And what I really liked was the fact that it was a war game, but there wasn't always such an emphasis on winning. And a lot of time, actually, <laughs> you, guys, you guys didn't realise what I was doing until it was too late. Okay. Yeah. But I kind of built a strategy yeah. where by I wasn't trying to win any battles what you did though was think that's what I should have done I should have been thinking in any respect that would have <laughs> might I would have done better but I like the way you can kill stuff rather than winning so you can just be an utterly brutal yeah git. which is what one approach of the approaches yeah there were a bunch to winning it was the, the beautiful thing of finishing the game and looking at the powers and going, oh god, but if you combine this with this, then I can be a god who sits and protects temples to yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. Or if I combine yeah. this and this, then I can become the wealthiest god known to man and max out all my temples. It was very cute. It's good. I liked it a lot. But you'll, you'll actually, people can see it very soon. People they? will be able to see me moving around giant scorpions while making the noises of scorpions. Oh, that was a really bad example because scorpions don't make noise, do they? Well, they click, 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 click. To be honest, most of the stuff that you can buy in the game probably makes that. Like the mummy probably makes that. Click, 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 click. What else? Snake. Click, click, click. Sort of, yeah. Yeah, it's 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 one that's really going to be worth watching a video for, just because they're I, as you were getting the box out, particularly as a game we played last yeah. week, was pretty ugly. Um, <laughs> it was just wonderful getting this out of the box and just every new piece or card that good, came out, I win. It does. It is a <laughs> game as well. Lovely, Which really kind of, lovely. You know, it shares that I think with Cyclades. It builds yeah. on that ancient Egyptian. No, Matt- Go have clearly got some good artists. They've got some good designers, and uh, no, I was like, I'm, I'm really happy. Just yeah, it's, uh, it, it's, it's a finished package. Even just having those giant the creatures, I was so attached to my scorpion. I liked my dung beetle. Yeah, and I love the way that my scorpion <laughs> and your dung beetle kept having battles. <laughs> that was exciting. Yeah, it's gorgeous. And then also the noise you two made when uh, when I revealed that the D fours, the pyramid dice in the box, were actually a pyramid, and you so rotated the real and you but, rotated the dice to level up the pyramids rather than using them as dice. Which we shouldn't, is, you know, we shouldn't. We shouldn't spoil this, should we? We could talk about another game that we also played that was very good looking. A game which we could try and spoil, but we couldn't because none of us understand what the hell is going on. I, we did we just oh, we got it so. towards the end yeah yeah, yeah we did uh, but we were playing a weird variant right so um, so this is uh, I, what, what I knew uh, do the this is Masquerades by Bruno Faiduti who did Citadels which is the first ever game we reviewed like two years ago yeah. two years ago actually yeah. yeah so uh, yeah a game of, of hidden roles now um, essentially it's Citadels was a game where you could have different you could claim the powers of like a king or a spy or a witch in the, in the interest of building up a city and two years on uh you know he's emerged um, Bruno's emerged from his like board game bunker and gone I've got it screw the city stuff it's boring what if you're just people and nobody knows who anyone else is and you don't even know who you are it, yeah, you, which is the thing it is like a masked ball while being really high it's like <laughs> I'm the king and someone else goes no I'm the king and then you, it turns out neither of you are the king no. and you go shit yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah so mechanically though how does this one work well you uh, you end up or sorry you start off with depending on how many players you are I think two cards or one card which is a character and that could be the king or the queen um, and they all have a power. Really, what you want to do is gather money, but on your turn, you can check who you are. Or Which you is can that? Do things like swap your card with other people, and that's yeah. how it instantly goes wrong because <laughs> you don't really have to swap your card. You can pretend to swap your card. The difficulty is, though, is because you, every time you can only one thing, you can yeah. peek at your card, or you can swap two cards, or you can use a power. But mm. as we said, using a power involves you saying, 
I am the king or I am the witch. At which point everyone else can jump in and say, no, I'm no, the not. witch. No, I am. But it's wonderful for the reasons that it's kind of like you always end up being driven towards using a power and saying, I'm the bishop or I'm the judge, even though what you, most of the time, especially because we were playing a weird variant where we have two people at once. Which is what you do with three or three players. players. Yeah. yeah. More often than not, you just wanted to use your turns and look at your card because you've forgotten <laughs> what you were doing. Yeah. So it's this wonderful bluffing thing me and Quinn's were saying. It's this thing of being like, you're not just bluffing. You're kind of saying, I'm, I'm the king. But then you're like, you're trying to keep a straight face because you honestly can't remember if yeah. you are yeah, or, no. or who or anywhere or who might be. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. you know what? It's a great way of getting other players involved in your turn because if someone says I'm the king and you know you're not, and someone else says I'm the king, then you perk up and you go, oh, because then you get as they flip their cards in contest, you can see, wait, who are they? Oh my god, they're the queen. I'm the queen. What am I then? <laughs> at, at this point, it just becomes a farce. And but yeah, I cannot believe it goes up to thirteen players. This is the thing that's interesting that we surely have to try at some point yeah. I think I mean it does say like, you want to play this with people who know the game because I think with the 13 people the number of things that all the things would do yeah. would be mind boggling yeah. um, you'd, you'd need to introduce a new set of people I think and then get them up to speed maybe it feels like 5 players would be 5 would be a sweet spot for yeah. that I reckon I did like I saw that in bigger games you can have someone called the Inquisitor and the Inquisitor means you so I'm the Inquisitor and if you get to use their power then you point someone else and say you're the king and if you're right you take tons of their money Wow. So it's that thing of, I'm the Inquisitor, and no one challenges you. You go, yes, you're the king. No, I'm not. <laughs> it's this moment of... Oh, this is no. the interesting thing, is the, how the characters... Um, you get more characters tossed in, and they do more things, because, you know, just... Say the king and queen characters just take money, and yep. you hope that you won't be challenged, so on your turn you take money. But yeah, you throw more people in. Uh, like the cheat, I think, can yeah. win the game if they have less money than they need if to the win the game. The cheat's power is nothing, but if you have slightly under the amount needed to win, you win anyway. Yeah. Which is lovely because it's that thing of being like, and that reminds me of stuff from like Cosmic Encounter of being like, oh, it's fine, it's fine. And somebody suddenly turning around and going, actually, I won. And you go, what? <laughs> <laughs> because you haven't been paying attention, you didn't know something. It, it works really well though actually I thought what was clever was the fact at the start because it makes you swap your cards around mm. so you see what you've got and then you swap it with something else so then you're not sure about things anymore but what I like was that because of the fact that after a couple of rounds you just end up using your powers because you know like so Paul you had the bishop a lot and you just kept going I'm the bishop I'm the bishop and it got to the point where because we kept using our powers rather than swapping you actually started to memorise yeah. where all the cards were and it made it much more strategic in terms of the swapping and yeah. and knowing what you were doing and I just yeah no it's so clever and just what we always love is games that are funny and the thing you know we're, we all really like Skull and Roses here we like the resistance but those games aren't necessarily funny when you bluff the fact that with this you can bluff but you don't, you don't know so you end up laughing at your own bluff <laughs> I love the point at which I got you guys that you guys well I wasn't involved with it actually it was the fact that like you guys were having this thing and then you flipped over one and it was a fool and I was sure that I was <laughs> but I was just like how did that get over there like yeah. it was here no just um, absolutely it's awesome. a really interesting idea of hidden roles where it's just hidden from you and it's it's, <laughs> it's really clever with the pacing as well like I think there's some there's a couple of things in there to ensure that it does keep up the pace the whole judge house and stuff but I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll be doing this for the opener for next Friday I think actually so not I'll be looking forward tomorrow. to that tomorrow do you have an inkling as to what food or drink you might oh, it's like Venetian spoilers. mask kind spoilers. of I haven't got any Venetian masks I know someone does oh, yes. we'll have to see um I don't know. What did they even eat? They were just too busy. Just like... Italian food, surely. Oh, yes. Exactly. Like, whatever it's they would have pulled out. Choice, like, then, canals. It? I don't know. <laughs> What's in the canals? Pasta. Really expensive pizza. Pizzas. Just catch a pizza oh, and cook it. It'll probably just be something quite fancy. You make a really good pizza, though. I do make. This a could be really. Pizza. This could be a legit useful opener recipe. It, it could be. I do actually they're have all, really good useful. pizza making. No, but I mean they're not really. They are. <laughs> <laughs> they're all like burning drinks that you can hurt people with. Did That's you see useful. the jelly in the last one? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Eventually, <laughs> it came out. That, that was that. The noise that made was terrible. I did like the comments from people saying, "I this looked appetizing until I heard the noise." Oh God! <laughs> I, I, I was literally. I was like, oh. I, I, did, I did consider omitting the footage entirely just because the sound it made was so <laughs> repulsive. Um, oh my god. That's what happens when you don't measure out jelly. Uh, well, that was a, a, a cautionary tale. Yeah. <laughs>
so we've had a successful evening then with Kemet and Masquerade. Yeah. Um, uh, but we've all been having our own individual adventures, haven't we? Affairs. We've been off in the world of... Bo- no, what? <laughs> well, sort of. Jesus. Oh, with other people. It's a family show. <laughs> Paul, what have you been up to in your affairs? I, I was some bears in Risk Legacy. Uh, Just bears. Now we haven't covered Risk Legacy, have we? Well, we've touched on it a bit, and some people are really excited about it, and I played it, and it was fine. It's I played a lot of Risk when I was at university, I should say this first of all, and uh, there were certain like Risk tactics that... It plays still very, very similar. Basically. I think I just shoplifted a lot when I was at university. Did you? In mm. Manchester? Yeah. It is a local pastime. <laughs> I am from near Manchester, so I'm allowed to make that joke. We'll cut this. We'll cut this bit because we'll just be sued. (laughs) So, but Risk Legacy, though, do you want to like? How is how? I don't know anything about Risk Legacy. I am but a humble peer. I don't. Um, Well, you know, you've got this. uh, You've got an ongoing campaign where you start off with uh, a pretty blank board that is Risk board, but as you play. um, Players get to add things to the board that customize it, makes it your own board. Like you add towns or cities that uh, customise the territory, make the territory more productive, or you can add defensive bonuses to territories. The idea being that as you play through the game, the world will become your own world that you built. And maybe based on how you play, uh, you will iron out some of the creases in the game, or you'll have your own particular... Like If you always find it too difficult to get people out of Australia, you may, may make it too difficult to get people out of other places trying even out of the game. That sounds pretty amazing, but you are omitting the two most awesome things about Risk Legacy. Go on, go on. First one being, I, not that I know anything about it, but no. I've heard, that the box comes with sealed components. It's, yes. You open when certain things happen. Sealed packs of cards underneath the inlay, if you take it out, if you own Risk Legacy at home, if you take out the inlay, you might not know this, but there's mm. a deck of cards taped to the bottom of the inlay that says, do not open ever. The other awesome thing being, it comes in a suitcase. Suitcase, you can which carry I didn't it. notice. no. Yeah, you can carry it to your friends if you don't mind Risk Legacy being on the side of your box. I've you heard a bit about this, so I've got some questions. Go on, okay, two go important on. questions. First of all, yes. um, does the fact that every time you play a game, you add things to it and you might get some tiny advantages the next time you play it mean that you have to play it with the same group of friends over and over again? Otherwise, Ooh. no? No, what? no. Oh, I, heard, I heard you've got advantages as a general, so next time you play, you're like... Well, I'm the king of Australia, so I start off with mega tanks. You can. Uh, <laughs> there, there's an element of that. There's an element of you being able to run a continuous campaign with the same people, maybe taking the same. But don't actually have to do I that, which like, is good. Okay, I can hot yeah. seat the campaign. I think it's neat, but I think I, I don't know. To get the most out of it, my friends have talked about the epic stories of their campaign and the saga they had across like about four months. Um, I've also have got friends who bought it and played two games because they've been unable to get the same group of friends together. Mm. But I'm never going to criticise a game for offering something which has a barrier for entry. It seems like the sort of thing that if I'd had it when I was a kid with my brother, we would have had an amazing, yeah. amazing yeah. time. Um, the other question I have, yes. important one, yes. is it still basically Risk? Well, this is it. Uh, this is the other I, 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 I don't sad. like Risk at all. It's okay. Yeah, it's, it felt to me... a too much like risk and a bit too mechanically similar in some of the basic ways I don't know it's an improvement and it's quite good but if you don't if like me you're kind of bored of risk because you played it and you started to see the holes in it I don't feel like it patched up the holes enough okay. or offered enough new stuff mm. It was okay. I would love to see the ideas absorbed and put into other board games, like in properties, you know? Yes. But I it's, think it's, it's, that concept, the ongoing modify the game thing is really interesting. Yeah, I mean, the things you could do with that, that's just gorgeous. And the elements of surprise as well, like that almost advent calendar of like, yes. what, we all, what yeah. happens on the third game. Oh, yes. is this? We all adore Memoir 44. Like Paul and I have played campaigns of it, but oh my God, if they released a big over... Can you imagine like an Overlord campaign, Six Friends, opening up section of the box? Like... Or just a sci-fi version of Memoir where you genuinely have no oh, idea so Someone's making that. Oh, really? I, um, yeah. God, no, can't remember the name, can't remember the producer, but I think someone's making a Command and Colors system, which is what Memoir and... Uh, I was going to say, for sci-fi, but I... Because there aren't that many surprises in World War II in terms of units. <laughs> you would not believe how much, how many oh, no, expansions right, they've, they've added that. Like, I mean, yeah, they're all infantry tanks and planes, but, I mean... Yeah, the amount of variation and it's all the landscape. <laughs> Why, oh god, what was it like? The the Pacific one adds like just the amount of sort of the guerrilla warfare of the Japanese and the crazy gung ho insane marines and aircraft carriers and yeah. If you plumb World War Two, I mean, you can pull all kinds wow. of stuff out of it. Like the command ship from the Eastern expansion, which you love because <laughs> yeah, uh, the one that makes you play your, all your orders a turn. But so this is like because uh, the, there's the Battle of Westeros game, isn't there? Which is mm. the same thing, but for fantasy. 
but this is just going to track it into Game of Thrones, Game right? of Thrones fantasy. Uh, yeah, and there's also um, another one. Uh, I can't remember the name of, but it's also fantasy. Yeah, the, the Command and Colors is a great system, but it has actually just disseminated across board gaming by this point. Mm. It, the only thing it's missing is sci-fi. I think that's coming, unless I've invented it and I'm having a stroke. In <laughs> which, Please don't. <laughs> well, the thing is, if you have, someone's now going to do it. Probably. Shit. Oh. Quick, what's next? Send money now. Um, uh, uh, what does that say? Uh, it says, you, don't worry, my handwriting. Oh, no, Cube Quest? Cube Quest. Well, I'd, 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 what, uh, Cube Quest, okay. So, uh, this is a game which uh, I picked up recently, which is based on a design called King Brick. And uh, King Brick is like sort of very basic print and play thing where people flick cubes at each other. And they've recently made it into a game called King Quest, which is a two player game identical rules but really nice plush mat it's like we review Catacombs which is a dexterity game where you flick monsters and heroes around um King Quest Cube Quest Cube Quest King Cube Quest King Cube Cube um, it's just a game of flicking kill me Cube Quest is a game of flicking it's uh you have a king brick which is a, a cube with a king on and you put it and the object of the game is to flick your army of cubes so you feel the little army of cubes to knock your opponent's king brick cube off the board that's all you just flick cubes at the opponent's king that's it but I bought it because I heard it was amazing and I actually finally played it today and it's it's incredible it's actually beautiful because I thought well hang on you just surely flick a cube incredibly hard at the opposing king and I did it and the thing is they're not like it's not Sabutio it's not catacombs with circular discs cubes bricks don't do what you want them to especially when they're made of really lightweight plastic and they don't have the capacity to knock other bricks around so if you're really aggressive and flick a cube really hard, it just goes flying off and hits the wall. And so you have to be quite subtle and quite gentle with your flicks. This just sounds <laughs> ridiculous. What? what? I turn around for two minutes <laughs> to go and switch off a fridge because it might be humming and I come back to that. I've yeah. been screwing up. Paul, you like catacombs, right? It's really funny and hilarious. But but you're just you're gent- you know you're gent- you're not. This is just tiddlywinks with stuff. Okay, you're going to lose all the bits and they're going to fly out the window. You know you, what? Yeah, at the moment you're living in like the hundredth floor of a thing. <laughs> right? So t- somebody um, could die from a tiny yeah. King cube okay, screw both of, of you. Physics. Audience, yes. in a couple of weeks we're going to publish our cube quest review, and you're going to I'm going to make converts of every single one of you. Flicking cubes. That's what I've been up to. What have you been up to, Matt? What have I been up to? Cubes. Oh, bet it's not as good as cubes. It's, it's got cubes. Well, uh, yeah, I've been... To be honest, I've spent uh, quite a lot of time just kind of wandering around having... Having... <laughs> having ice cream. Having ice cream. <laughs> I didn't want to bring it up, but yeah. I mean, you know, I've, I've had a magnum addiction lately. It's been difficult. It's been very hot. And actually, obviously, what I do is I specialise in trying to get people to play easy games yeah. a lot of time mm-hmm. but then also you're the often told basically you know, yeah online's... I don't have a lot of friends who play hardcore board games apart from you guys so I like that because somebody can just explain a game to me and I'll go alright cool cool and I can just play complex games without having to be the one that goes oh I think it's not that hard <laughs> um, so instead I try and convert people and I find now though the problem is I've been playing I played loads of stuff like Flashpoint, which I had an open on that, and before that, Pandemic a lot. Ah. But I've had this thing with Pandemic where I, I can't play it anymore. So I, I oh. haven't been playing Pandemic because I can play Pandemic, but I need to play Pandemic with people who've played Pandemic as much as me. Right. And it's something you guys touched on recently. Um, this thing about cooperative games are awesome, but they're kind of a lot of them are awesome if you're learning them with someone else. And the first time I played Pandemic was with my friend Steve. Um, who actually, that's his copy. Uh, <laughs> nicked it. Um, but we just sat there for the whole night and we just puzzled it. And it was this wonderful thing of drinking beers and going, oh, we've got to fly around to Brazil or save the world. Oh, dear. Um, uh, but, yeah, I can't do it anymore because I know too much about the game. And so now I came in the other night and I saw um, my housemate playing with his twin brother and yeah. other friends. And I'm going, oh, no, we've got to go to... <laughs> Oh, to Brazil or oh, Paris and watching them all <laughs> looking at this and having an argument about what to do and somebody going no we've got to go to Rio de Janeiro and, I, and it was funny because I watched I looked at the board set up and it mm-hmm. was so tempting for me to go <laughs> no yeah you do need to go to Rio de Janeiro and just because just I looked at it and it was like because Pandemic is a puzzle game yeah. and once you know even though it's randomised slightly once you know the rules mm-hmm. there's always a best solution and I find now when I play it with people I used to use it as a game to get people in because it's like a fun co-op game but now I can't because I realise what I do is I naturally just start telling everyone what to do you understand Mm. it too well yeah so it means it was fun watching them play because they were in the process of understanding absolutely and they were on a level where no one really knew what to do 
and they meant they were having debates about it and going, oh no, we've got to do this, this, this. But the problem is, I know the game so well now that if I was playing, I'd just go, no, we need to do this because of this, 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 this. Yeah. And I'd have an irrefutable logic <laughs> that they would just all go, oh yeah, you're right. But you, you know, you didn't want to stop their problem solving fun. No. But it's fun because I, I still love Pandemic, and I think you, um, Quinns, you recommended it as being like an awesome game. It's the perfect game start collection, yeah, because yeah. anyone can play it. But you know what you need? You need the first expansion for it. Oh, wow. Which is, yeah, so the first expansion is called On the Brink, and it adds like five modules, but the one I'd recommend for you is... <laughs> yeah, check me out. <laughs> Dr. Quinn. What have I become? Like two oh. years ago, I was like, oh, Citadels, this is this is a good game. <laughs> and now I just... Oh, I've become You're a monster. A cardboard version of the Flying Doctor. Uh, so the re- but anyway, so the module I'd recommend is the fact that it lets one person play as the bad guys, essentially. You're a bioterrorist, uh. and you can... Um, you know, you can cause cubes to appear. So ultimately, if you know Pandemic and you know the puzzle, you can then become the ultimate villain. And obviously, Pandemic <laughs> being pretty straightforward, you can handicap yourself, so they're playing the easy game versus you. That's amazing. So yeah, you can teach people Pandemic and then watch them struggle, provide no hints, but still play yourself. That's great. Uh, thanks, Dr. Quinns. Uh, How many do I take a day? Uh, <laughs> not being sarcastic, insert, that's genuinely good advice. It means I can play Pandemic. Just yeah. insert one copy of Pandemic on the brink uh, into the rectum uh, twice a day. I was about Gosh. to say my first experience of <laughs> my first experience of was was like that, but it wasn't like what you described just then. It was like Matt's experience of this was like years ago now. But I sat down with Pandemic, and it was a couple of people who knew it well, a couple of people who didn't, people who knew it really well, just said, oh, "I'll do this," and we went, "Okay." And it was it was you really felt the imbalance there, and it wasn't a good. It's so exciting when you're playing it with people who don't know it as well. If you the idea, know, of, yeah, the idea yeah. of buying it to play with a friend. Especially because actually two player it's so much fun mm-hmm. as well. Like yeah. just to learn together. I mean, the first time I played it was just an incredible night. We were playing till like three in the morning. I that think was wow. ridiculous. I that it, is good. Like, it's a pretty good game for like um, uh, couples as well. Yeah, I and mean, that makes perfect sense. I've realised a co-op game that we all three of us have actually played recently, which what? is the fabulous Police Precinct. <laughs> oh yeah, uh, you'd all forgotten about this, hadn't you? Uh, uh, your so we're going to be reviewing Police Precinct in some time. Paul's actually gone off to head butter wall. Um, Police Precinct is a Kickstarter title which has been one of many Kickstarter games I've contributed re- that have contributed recently to a kind of bias I'm developing against the things which is a terrible thing to say but it's just happening uh, new game which lets everybody work together to be a police precinct of polices trying to stop a murder and yeah. also all other crimes ever <laughs> happening <laughs> simultaneously <laughs> It is, it's got that sort of pandemic thing too actually where every turn something new there yeah. is a new problem appearing and you do, do you deal with this do you deal with the other thing And there's an arsonist at the donut shop there's a traffic accident outside the donut shop there's a man with a shotgun in the donut but it's always <laughs> and you've got a greater mystery you're trying to solve but you've got these incidental things where you've got gangs that wander around and they're gangs yeah so I looked at this and thought the gang oh stuff God. was great it's Flashpoint but but for police Flashpoint mm-hmm. being of course a nice a quite nice cop game where you play firefighters not I wouldn't say it's great it's, it's pretty good it's interesting Police Precinct is actually the same artist and I thought sold Police yeah, all the people look the same <laughs> that weird plasticine face yeah I'm not sold on it but it's the same artist and looks kind of competent anyway so ha- sounded did, cool did you have a good time Matt I had a weird time did you have a good time Paul no did I, I didn't. Uh, well I, I didn't have a good time either but mine was particularly weird because I was a bent cop you were <laughs> um, but I've never played a game because obviously I played a lot of like Battlestar Galactica and that's a game that's got its problems as well you know mm. but I've played a lot of these games where you are the bad guy as, you, as those of you who've watched stuff, all the video stuff will know I'm yeah. very good at being the bad guy <laughs> yeah. very good it's yeah. a thing. if you haven't seen our resistance video you can witness a master at work <laughs> I, was, I was, was very bad but um, no but this one was weird because I was the bent cop right presumably bent and being paid off by the serial killer who's the person who we're chasing but it's weird because in a lot of these games you have an opportunity occasionally to really throw a spanner in the works right as, a, as the bad guy but then all I could do as the bent cop was just be slightly less efficient just play badly so it was like things like I just have to convince everyone that yeah I'm going to go and deal with this crime instead of going over there because I think <laughs> and because there was so much crime it never really felt like anyone was particularly uh, aggressively questioning my judgment because we were all just sort of meandering around solving crimes. But really, I was kind of like, I didn't care about trying to catch the serial killer because it wasn't my job to. Mm. But I, at the same time, I was watching what you guys were doing and I thought, 
the whole theme of this game doesn't make sense because it's like you've got a precinct of cops who are desperately trying to find one murderer before he leaves town, but to do so, often ignoring people running around with guns shooting at people and burning down schools. All, all like, the constant crime that happens every time. It's turn. like really bad crime a lot of it. Like yeah. an axe murderer running around at one point, but it's like, oh, forget about that. Serial killer. And it's like I kind of felt dumb the way that I think at the end you guys lost yeah and it was just like you, you'd done loads of good crime killing yeah <laughs> because you hadn't ca- caught that guy it was like oh you're bad cops it just felt a bit thematically muddy and just mechanically muddy as well like I really I mean we were we were pretty bored my favourite bit was when you got stuck on a street oh that was so good that, that was, was really cool like, there were, it was, it's an example of the kind of thing that gave me hope for the game like I drove into my character who you drove into a bad hood we were all yes. playing like it was basically a racist wasn't it as well I just remembered oh yeah because it was all bad no one there was like not many black characters except on the gang tokens front and centre are like a black a Hispanic and then an, an ethnically dubious character yeah and it was just like this is weird no but uh, yeah it was like yeah um but no, we were all sort of role-playing the world's worst cops loosely and then yeah, driving to a bad neighbourhood and you make your role to arrest a gang member and then it's like, I failed, so another gang member showed up and then we drew the card and it was a riot on that street so I was trapped there and we put all the tokens on my card and it was just me asking for backup. It was that scene in The Wire where they go to arrest the, uh, you know, they go to try and mess with the like the products and, and they, they end up they getting get everything thrown at them. And they get their car burned out and they, yeah, and it was that. And, and then somebody showed up and sent in a SWAT team. <laughs> It was just a farce, which... It was almost... They'd gone a bit overboard with all of the crimes. It felt like an episode of 999, like, then, when nothing worse could have happened, something worse happened. It was like a car crash on every junction. Every (laughs) Every building was on fire. It was funny, but not intentionally, which is not... mm. It was was a bit boring, really, wasn't it? It was was a little bit dull, and I just... I don't know, I would have liked to have more... And maybe I would have liked to have more for you to do behind the scenes, because it felt like your main job as a, as a corrupt police officer was to, to not do things <laughs> also yeah. I mean the way that Flashpoint is kind of equally can be a bit dull sometimes but what was nice about Flashpoint is the way you have the ongoing narrative in the space so you have a building that is burning down hmm. and at points you think everything's fine but then it implodes again and it's all on fire whereas that it just had these locations where crimes happened and it felt like just after you'd gone and made a neighbourhood really safe there was an axe murder and yeah, a fire then it just again. appeared it felt like maintenance where it didn't feel like you'd never kind of looked at it and went no we have to be careful with this area because yeah. of this it, it has yeah. a nice pandemic mechanic whereby if you know sort of like criminals start showing up and <laughs> it's, it, it sounds like a joke when you describe it but if there are enough criminals on one corner they become a gang yeah. but like <laughs> but that's, that actually did work it's like you don't go into that neighbourhood it's too dangerous kind yeah. of thing but it just it just didn't work uh, what's next on the list? What is next on the is list? That the, is the, the, the questions. Some of the, rapid fire from the questions. Of the people that so, that's, put those away or you'll, you'll shoot someone. Like that. It's illegal. But to less be, dangerous. In England, it's actually illegal to own even imaginary guns. So. Uh, and holster them in my imaginary holsters. <laughs> oh my god, we have so many questions. My phone can't even load them all. If you're not following us on Twitter, we are at Shut Up Show. So do that so you can add to our impossibly long question. You this know what? Amazing. I'm going to ask the questions. You guys just shout out answers. Ooh, All right. right. All right. I'm, I'm, I'll go first. I feel ready. I feel You pumped. can do the ones. Okay. Johans Wallstead says, which board game burns up fastest? I don't know if it means literally or metaphorically. Let's have both. Paul, literally, which board game burns fastest? I'm just doing things with my mouth because I don't <laughs> know how to answer that question. Uh, pro- surely it would be uh, one of the print and play games. Yes. Okay. Like Timeline, which Time- is just, just paper. Yeah. It's a paper. Mac. Yeah, anything like that. Like a place. What board game do we do? The we get- countdown was only one word you can make. <laughs> what board game do we get tired of fastest? That's interesting. And actually. Then, uh, sort of games which are very heavy on theme, but less so mechanically. Like I don't know, some like Spartacus. Okay, I, I, Spartacus is one that is I would it, say, yeah, Matt. I don't know. I mean, there's lots of stuff. I think obviously a game we played last week with the Sentinels of the Multiverse. After, despite the variety, after I played that a couple of times, I was like, I don't really want to do that again. Oh, but I, I say Pandemic actually for the same reason I said earlier. It's like, but yeah, once you've solved the puzzle, once, like, once you've worked, and there's lots of games like once you've worked out how to do it, and there's no more. To do, you're kind of done with it. Ah, okay. Uh, okay, right. Um, 
No, no, it's not fair because I played Pandemic for like 10 hours before I got to that point. So, yeah. uh, Tiffany at The One Tar says, uh, Your go to game to play in the great outdoors. What's a game we play outdoors? Oh, wow. Actually, well, vote, it's got to be a speaking game. Werewolf, no? Well, actually, yeah. Werewolf is something I tried to get people at to a play. wedding? After what a wedding. Happened? How did this go? Well, basically, uh, it was a day after a wedding and everyone was drinking in a park. This is probably the first part of my downfall. We've been drinking in a park for approximately eight hours and playing football and rounders and all these fun things. And we were sitting around and there was, this is the second part of my downfall, there was probably about 11 of us and everyone was quite drunk. But somebody suggested we played a game, which this, right, this really annoys me. This is a real bugbear of mine. It's worse than <laughs> Monopoly is crap. You can't see this at home, readers, but Matt's face is just like <clears throat> turned about eight shades of red. Right. It's the fact that this this game was called The Witch. And this game involved literally passing a stick to someone and go, this is The Witch. And then they say, the what? And then you go, The Witch. And then the person who handed it to you then turns to the person who gave it to them and said, the what? It's a and game say, the I would have played at drama camp when I was a kid. Well, no, it's, it's, that's it. You keep doing it. And it's a memory game of all you have to do is remember which word to say to which person. Um, yes. And then if you get it wrong, you drink. And it was just like, this isn't a game. This is an excuse to drink. And you know what? We're all adults. We have a copious quantity of booze in front of us. If you really want to drink, just drink. And so I kind, of, <laughs> I kind of was quite drunk at this point, and I was just like, this isn't a game. This is not a game. This is rubbish. This isn't a game. And so I tried to play well. And so actually, did it succeed? We managed a full game. We did manage wow. a full game. Uh, but it was hard. It was full-on kind of doing it. And it was, it was kind of fun. Trying to get 11 drunk people to close their eyes. Is that was the hardest part was because people kind of kept forgetting to do that. But I managed to, again, because of a, a big part of being a, a crusader of this thing yeah. is having the ability to be really patient with people and not be a dick because it's really yeah. easy to get to the point of just going, no, listen, just shut up and listen. I have to catch myself when doing rules explanations and people go, what about this rule? And before I go, I'll get to that. And now I actually answer the questions because that's actually way more sociable. Yeah, there is a real skill to it though. You're good at it. I've got, mm. I'm getting good at it. I've literally just going through mechanically, methodically and every time it all stops, you don't go, wait, you go, okay, well that. And then you carry on yeah. and you just it's a, tick it's off a the thing. list. Uh, so, it's a thing. At Barry White or at Imperial Creed wants to know I want to try a collectible card game as a total novice what would you guys recommend Netrunner Barry? Barry White Netrunner no question you play Netrunner Netrunner is the greatest it will, it's almost certainly going to be my game of 2012 wait, 2013 wait, 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 what about Barry, Barry, Barry White no, no is it really Barry White it's Barry White yeah Wow. Uh, David Cantor says uh, shall I go what game has the most thrilling end game it's got to be something with a not sp- Arkham Horror no but it does Mark despite letting you fight an elder god uh, Spartacus if there's a tie and it has to be like several tiers of ties lets you have a gladiatorial fight to determine the end of the the winner of the game I find, the, I find the end oh. game of uh, Cosmic is often good it can vary because Cosmic often varies but mm. I like the way with Cosmic it usually because you have this element of going you can't let them get any more points then it gets to a point where everyone has lots and there's usually some spectacularly clever coup which allows That's people to do it. really true, actually. Cosmic becomes more intense. Yeah. You can pretty much plot it on a graph as you play in all my experiences of it. I've yeah. realised why all these questions are to do with fire, and because I asked, do you have a burning question uh, on the subject? Oh. Um, James T. Picanti says, uh, how, do you put out fi- how do you put out fires? How do we put out fires? Don't cover them in board games. That's a good, yeah. I've never... Oh, sorry, that wasn't the question I wanted. I thought that was rubbish, because oh. I thought I picked a good one. Uh, Andrew Pillow at <laughs> Urahara Science says your house is on fire and you can save one game. Which is it? Twilight Imperium, Descent maybe? and all the expansions. That just makes it sound cheap. What's a game that means a lot to us? To be honest, if it's something like that, though, it might almost be uh, something like Love Letter. Skill, Skull just... Roses... What means? I believe that is so cheap. <laughs> yeah, why another Matt, one? You're being too practical. There's no, got to be like sorry. a. What is a board game that means something to me? It's Cosmic. It's the first one that really. Yeah, the me. Cosmic was the first game, and I know it so well that it's a game I can play with anyone because I just know the rules wow. and I can literally just sit and go, "Let's play this." Okay, just, yeah. Matt, you have to answer this next question knowing that most of our audience have no idea what this is. But right. Matthew Cox, or at Coxic, says, would a Dota board game be allowed to be good? <laughs> oh. Okay, well, Dota is an incredibly intensely complicated PC game. How many hours have you played? Uh, about 650 right. in the past six months, which is Which stunning. is fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. It's all I do. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. I need to stop. It's fine. Yeah, it'd be fine. But it, it would be fine... 
it would have to be so good. It would have to be done like, as we talked about in the Sentinels thing, it would have to be like Cosmic, where you build a really good game and then the characters are the variety rather than just... Because there's, I think, over ah. 120 characters in the game. <laughs> I'm sure I know so, Matt, and I'm sure he asked me this, or he asked some of us this question, and I was immediately I thinking about... I think the about, problem you'd have with it is the fact that the characters are... Because you'd have to base them on all the characters. Have, yeah, and you, there's so much variety in that, and variety in the items, really, when you combine yeah, characters surely, and but items. It would get fiddly as hell. It would get, like, Ameritrash fiddly... It's one, of those cases, cards it's one of those cases where video games are sometimes better at some things yeah. because of the fact that it, there's a lot of numbers and a lot of stuff, and it just does it all for you. Yeah. Um, even before you get into the very visible complexity that's already there yeah. so it could work but you'd need to change loads of stuff and loads of people would probably go I've changed it too much uh, Terra Nova Games at Terra Nova Games uh, who might make games I'm not sure ask what is your favourite and least favourite theme in games and I know what my favourite is because I've just seen it it's on Kickstarter it's a game where you all play Cornish smugglers <laughs> a few hundred years ago sailing around coves ah. stashing dodgy goods Finding rumours and then desperately trying to fence your shit. You go, my lover. The Cornish. <laughs> <laughs> I've just been reminded of that it was an old fast show sketch about heroin ahoy about the local Cornish community. It might not have been a fast show, but local Cornish community who one day wake up to find crates of heroin have washed up on their beach and they're just having like, yeah, that was the fast show. Yeah, yeah just pouring <laughs> it into their pipes and stuff. Yeah, um, it was already fake. Um, I like apocalypse stuff personally. Apocalypse, oh, really? Like just because. End I- of world I've done that twice. Yeah, trouble with that bottle. I'm just had problems with gesticulation. <laughs> you just you, you should stop way putting. You put your arms down from over your head. That's a good. Yeah, that's all idea. of your arms, all of them. All of, hang on, that's not his arm. Oh god, uh, apocalypse, apocalypse things. Apocalypse things. I've got really really fond uh, memories of the game we played of um, City of Horror. You brought it around. Oh yeah, that was funny. But that was oh that was the saddest game where Steve was. It was Steve and one other person in a house, and yeah. Steve going. Give me a gun and I won't kill you. Give me a gun and I won't push you out. Give me a gun. Yeah. Five minutes of this. And finally, the guy says, I have to do it, don't I? And he goes, yes. And he gives him the gun. And Steve goes, no, I'm voting you out. (laughs) It was the saddest thing because the two men couldn't even make eye contact afterwards. No, it was brutal. And I love the fact that we had uh, my other housemate, Laurie, who always gets into the games and he really gets into the roles, being the raving madman in the street, telling them that if somebody didn't come outside in the street and join him effectively to be zombies dinner instead of him he was going to throw a Molotov cocktail at a building which contained a pregnant woman and he was raving this as if wow. it was the most logical and fair thing <laughs> yeah he was world. like this will bring order to the community like, we need to work together and it was basically what he meant by we need to work together is somebody else needs to get in but I love that I love I like that idea that a theme like that can get into your head and turn you into those nutters from zombie movies who are just going, wow. I've got to do this. And they're like, oh my God, it you've, does lost kind it. Of, you've lost your mind. You, City of Horror does kind of maybe lend itself to that. It does, because you get into the characters. So I, actually, I like character and stuff. Apocalypse. Yeah. I, I'm trying to think what it would be. I think I would either say fantasy stuff I've always had a soft spot for, or anything that's <clears> empire building-y, which is... Twilight Imperium is empire building, but you know, fantasy empire building, I suppose. Rune Wars is a game. Oh, yeah, you love Rune Wars. Rune Wars, I like It's a bit imperfect. It's, I don't think it works as so well as Twilight basically, Imperium. Basically, is, is empire building a theme? I suppose it is, yeah. It's, it's a, yeah, you're gaining territory, conquering towns, you're building That's funny more because elves. you like empire building, but you don't necessarily like conflict. Like, you're not the most aggressive board game. No, player. no, I'm weird. So I, you like building an empire really and then squatting on it like a hen. Yeah. I, I'm very to be honest if someone made a game about being a hen I'm gone there's chicken Caesar if, isn't there if, if it's a solo game that I don't pl- have to play with anyone else I'll just you'll never see me again I'll just be in my house playing. you can play Mage Knight solo I shouldn't tell you that uh, David R.Y. Faulkner or at David R.Y.F. says when you first got into board games how did you find slash convince others to play is he a wizard yes oh yeah this is something that I, I guess this is one for me because I came into this a weird way good one for you and the fact that I discovered Cosmic Encounter through I think my friend Sean who you met the other night actually. oh right um, and I loved it and I thought this is awesome so I bought myself a copy immediately but then I had this thing of trying to get people to play in it I've got a couple of geeks housemates so that hasn't been too tough but outside of that it's still really hard and my little brother struggles mm. as well and I think it is and this is kind of what the opener is all about because when I started talking to you Quinn's about what to do on the site because obviously yeah. there's already so much stuff it's something I spend a lot of time doing because I I kind of already have 
I'm not going to be like, oh, I've got loads of friends. But I've already got, you know, late 20s, I've got lots of friends. And most of my friends aren't really interested in video games or board games, which are what I love to do. And it's got to the point now where I haven't had an interest in trying to get involved in video games, but I really want to get into board games. So I guess the easy way to do it is rather than being like, I want to play something like Twilight Imperium. And it's like, you kind of have to go, well, yeah, you're not going to get to do that for a little while unless you can go to a meetup with some randoms. Yeah. Kind of set your sights a bit lower. And just try and ease people into the concept that games can be fun. Yeah, that's a good that's idea. that's the hardest thing. A couple of weeks. Yeah. I released that video a couple of weeks back uh, uh, on our second anniversary. Paul and did trying great... to destroy the yeah. assumptions. Yeah, that people yeah. Paul did great day with the outtakes. It was a great day. Paul released the outtakes, and I released a video of um, just hey, board games aren't rubbish. But I think that doesn't. That's half of it. It doesn't answer the question of okay, I get my friends over maybe, what happens next? How do we have a really good time? And I think it kind of, it can come naturally to us, maybe like our friends, we're gamers, we're game journalists, lots of our friends are gamers. They might be slightly more open-minded and, you know, we all basically talk and write for a living so it's probably not that hard for us to sell people. So the question is like, how do how do you plot that perfect board game? I think you saying that set your friends really low is a good idea. Maybe you want to play Mage Knight, maybe you want to play Spartacus, but you know what? Masquerade is great. Skull and Roses are great. Yeah, I think I think ease people in because I think the thing is is it's easy to be impatient, and I think actually the most important thing is we were talking about this earlier is patience and not losing it with people and just remembering that they know nothing about it and really just taking people through it in a way that isn't condescending. Start off with simple games. And I think the, the most important thing is that you have a fun time, not that you play yes. the games you want. Yeah, that's it. And so you invite, invite people around. around for drinks or food and then say, also, we'll play this very small game yeah. first. And actually, a lot of time people go, oh, I don't want to, but go, look, well, look, you know, it's easy. It only takes this amount of time. Always go for something that take half an hour, tops, hopefully. And even if it only takes, even if it takes an hour, tell them half an hour. <laughs> um, and then, you know, ease people in. But it's really important to be patient because I think the problem I've had is sometimes if I'm tired or maybe if I've had a couple of drinks, I sometimes go, oh, come mm. on, you're not listening. It's very difficult. And this is why, again, do something with less numbers because the worst thing is when you're trying to explain it and somebody keeps looking at their phone or looking away and you're like, I'm going to have to explain the rules four times. <laughs> and then you start to lose it. So start with small numbers. Just try and be I feel people. like the the thing that you've said that's really made me go, yeah, maybe that's like a silver bullet, is um, when you talked about setting up games of Werewolf, and Werewolf's kind of a flawed game, it has player elimination, but it does also lend itself to lighting candles, yes. dark room, sinister music, or like hair metal, whatever you want to, and then getting all that, if you haven't played Werewolf, it's a game of sort of like, it's like the Resistance, you're trying to deduce which people around the room are secretly werewolves, no one else knows that, the werewolves know who each other are, and then everyone's, you're collectively deciding who to kill. And uh, and that's it. It's fun. And actually, that's a nice one because you can get people into the mood quite quickly by using yes. careful tricks. It's just Light some quick. candles. Get the Dracula soundtrack on Spotify. I think it's on Spotify. <laughs> and then and then just basically you can set the scene. It's like there are wells in this village and tonight somebody's going to die. Tomorrow night someone's going to die. Yeah. So, I mean, it's uh, basically start small. And I think you'll find that if you play games with people, um, and I find Avalon's great for this world because you can play it with less people than werewolves. Yeah. And it's fun. The, the fancy setting can put some people off, but luckily stuff like Game of Thrones has made that easier as well because you can just turn around to people, I've done this to a couple of mates, and, yeah. and they've gone, oh, what, Merlin? And I go, what did you... I said to one of my mates who was a mate from uni who didn't want to do it at all, I said, what did you do yesterday? And because he told me earlier, he was like, I watched all of season two of Game of Thrones. And I was like, right, well, shut the hell <laughs> Like, we're doing this. And funnily enough, it was hard. It was five friends from uni. We were all a bit half cut. And I managed to get them to do it. And I was putting it away afterwards going, we've played a game there. That was fun. But, and everyone said, no, 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 stop, stop. Well, let's do one more. <laughs> like four people who didn't want to do it. So that's the trick. Get them in with something easy. And yeah. Right. Once they're like that, you can maybe then go, let's And you know what? All you need is one per Like, let's say you do that to five people. All you need is one of them to be like, oh, that's cool. But then you could suddenly you open yourself up a raft of amazing two-player games. Yeah. And that's maybe the trick. And actually, they become self-sustaining. So now, as I say, I came home the other night. People are playing Pandemic. I've got quite a few board games now. I keep them in my kitchen. And actually, I don't play them that often in this house anymore. But I often come around and find that people are playing them. And it's nice that every one of my housemates, at some point, I've come home yeah. to find them and their mates just playing it. That's amazing. And especially and with Cosmic, it's always... organically spreads that yeah. way. Yeah. So, I, that, I mean, the copy of Cosmic Encounter I own, this is one of the reasons it's so dear to me, because I've got so many people into it. That game must have been played by 25 different people. <laughs> and I love that, because just so many people have, have had a go on it and loved it. 
God. So, yeah. No, that is beautiful. And I suppose if none of this sounds plausible to you, then yeah, I'm sure you should be able to find a gaming group. Or if you can't, post on local message boards, start one, you know, mm. maybe. Stop people in the street. Just yeah. stop. Do you want to play board games? Put them in your van and we, take them. We used to do that. I didn't. Home. Anyway. A thing that's been uh, that's been I've been thinking about recently is oh. that we have Matt Thrower on the site uh, doing all these amazing war game reviews, and on the subject of just trying to get people in, I think the reason Matt that you're off, you, you do a lot more work to get people into the hobby, like on a personal level than me and Paul, I feel like we're almost in too deep. And what got me thinking about this was this morning Matt Thrower published his review of Guns of Gettysburg, and you read it and it just sounds amazing. This ama- like beautiful game of manoeuvring with even just like six tokens on the board. You're playing these amazing cerebral games for hours, tense, clever, like no other board game. And it's not getting that many comments on the site. And um, and I've realised, oh god, I'm in so deep. I, it's like I don't even <laughs> see the code, like Neo or something. Like, and you forget, don't you, that people who are new to the hobby expect something totally different. Whereas I'm actually just now seeing mechanics. I see a wooden block and wonder what it does. Like you scale up, don't you? And I think you scale up much more slowly with board games than you do. Because I mean, obviously, we're, yeah. both, we're from video games backgrounds, yeah. but with video games, you can scale up at your own rate because you play them on your own. And it means you can start off if you put the time in. You can go from being like a novice the RPG genre to being like a real nut where you know how they work intricately yeah. but with board games you, you are kind of artificially slowed because you need the sessions yeah. so I guess maybe it's like there are very few people who can have the time to get as deep as you've got <laughs> the void. I, th- I think that's tr- that's one angle and that's true although I can't help but wonder that the war game thing itself has got to be part of it or people people come yeah, up with war games and they, they have a certain idea and I'm really glad that we've covered memoir because I think still from the outside to a lot of people um, I wouldn't have bought it and I, have, I own it now but if not for playing it with Quinns I wouldn't have even looked at it because I, I think it's a thing that really oh, puts a lot of people off yeah. they see them as being very dry and very and I guess when but I where does that like, come from though you know like it's well, not like I mean I, Matt you, you've just said that you know yeah you wouldn't look twice at memoir but have you ever played like a, a proper war board game I think it's because the war board games I've never played them but the ones I remember knocking around I remember when I was a kid we had stuff like you know obviously you've got infinite copies of Monopoly just borrowing out of cupboards everywhere and Cluedo and stuff but apart from that I do remember I think my dad had one that was like a really old war board game at his granddad's oh my granddad's house and my friend's older brother had one and I'd see them around and they'd always be these gigantic boxes under people's beds that you'd look at and go what what is this and they go oh it's really complicated and you just look inside of it and see all the pieces and the maps and I think it just kind of it was a different kind of geekery. It didn't feel like, and I think that's what Paul's getting at. Is yeah. it, I didn't look at it and go, oh, this is for game geeks. I thought this is for World War II geeks. Mm. And my dad's a massive World War II geek. And that's why I want to play Memoir with him at some time, because he'll love that. But I don't know, I kind of thought it, it, was, it was more about being authentic than being fun. Right, and I think that might be a tragedy, because in Matt Thrower's Primer the, on War Games, the first thing we had him write is that he just talks about how war games are actually the bed of so many genius mechanics. Yeah. Yes. They're not right. for people who are interested in World War II. Maybe they are, but they're also just for gamers. If you're someone who plays something and go, that's a great idea, turns out war games, war games are an amazing place to find they them. Don't, it, I mean, yes, some of them are incredibly complicated. I'm sure some of the most complex board games ever are war games, but actually some are so simple. Yeah. And that's the thing. Yeah, Memoir is. Um, Memoir is lovely. Memoir is, is pretty light. It's really, really light, but lovely. But if you, I, mean, like, I, th- when, I agree. I think people look at it and they think they think war, they think heavy, they think very serious, and they don't think fun. Yeah. They think simulations or something like that, which it really often isn't. I suppose. But it's funny that, like, you know, people will work so... Like, you guys would ha- wouldn't bat an eye at working so hard. We just simulated absurd warfare in ancient Egypt and magic and praising gods. But suddenly if you swap all that out for simulating, I don't know, like troop loss and supply lines it's a weird dryness thing I guess and I don't know why I've got that idea because obviously video games showed very clearly that you can approach World War 2 in a way that isn't yeah. being careful and nice about the topic <laughs> the monstrosities over the years but I think that's it I kind of think maybe with sci-fi or Egyptian warriors I kind of look at it and go it's going to be fun because it feels like you've taken the reins off where I think maybe the problem is with something like World War II and we were talking about this earlier with the idea with the risk legacy of being like well you know what you're going to get and, and maybe it's just you feel like the fun is going to be limited because of the fact that it's it's replicating a real thing okay yeah. then so riddle me this if we're saying that the attitude for war games being bad is because they just don't look like fun 
Don't we all agree, you know, standing here around the microphone, that board games are only ever as fun as the people you play them with? Yeah, and I'm talking about this. Yeah, I mean, what I'm saying doesn't make sense to me. I'm just trying to get into the... (laughs) (laughs) Well, clearly, no, it's it's a discussion worth having. Yeah, no, it's hard. Why why do we assume all war war games are dry? It's only that complicated, but yeah. If like if I could have fun playing anything, like when we play bad games together, we still have a okay time with yeah. it. Yeah, I mean we don't recommend them or do, we don't have as good a time. But yeah, it's kind of I think attitude is gonna be part of it. Maybe. And we, I mean, what are we basically saying? Also, don't judge a game by its cover. Yeah, I guess. Always. Absolutely. I guess maybe it's just what it ties to from other media. I guess in the fact that when I think of World War Two, I think of fairly shonky video games, or I think of really boring films that go on forever just because <laughs> and maybe that it's just the, the other mediums that have covered it um, I mean a lot of those films are classics admittedly but <laughs> some I just, of them they're just so long and my dad watches so many of them. <laughs> maybe it's just lots of our parents generations love this stuff so we're kind of like just think of it as being because the obsession with World War 2 doesn't seem to have carried on into our generation as much no, no, not not as much. that does spook me out a I've got a few uh, friends who are um, really still fanatically interested in World War 2 and World War 1 but most of our generation I mean, have kind of like just by a poppy it's, it's a th- I mean history is a lovely uh, interesting topic but there's lots of other history as well yeah, yeah I mean my, my dad called me the other day to tell me about Winston Churchill for, <laughs> for some reason <laughs> They're obsessed with it, aren't they? What's going on with our dads? Oh my uh, god, I've just got some hot news from Zebu Nation or at Zebu underscore Nation. Turns out Monopoly has dropped the jail and is making the game shorter. How okay. do you feel about that? Um, uh, shorter's good because. Um, yes. I find... Did you know? I might have mentioned this on a podcast before, but a, a colleague of mine is a lecturer at uh, the game course at, at, uh, at New York University. Um, says it turns out Risk, Monopoly, Cluedo, Battleship, even all these games were originally way more complicated and have actually been dumbed down since then. Mm-hmm. Battleship, Cluedo, they used to be real games and uh, have since been tweaked to make them more family friendly. And those are the games we get today. And now Monopoly, in an attempt to well, fix itself, has become well, even simpler. Here's a, here's a satirical comment. Now that they've made it so you can't ever go to jail whilst making money in Monopoly, it's even more realistic than ever. Wait! Next question. Satire. Uh, okay, we... Uh, Should we take one more? One more. One more. One more. Joe Robbins at Joe underscore Robbins says I picked up Dixit a little while back as a cool family game where should I go next to continue opening their minds that's did he say it like that Uh, he wrote it like that it's mostly all caps and then uh, lowercase Dixit great family game Uh, if you wanted to um, this is our speciality we should know this (laughs) what board games or family just particularly (laughs) family access hooking people friendly hook how do you hook a person into a game families are difficult though because it's family stuff that's for kids and adults and possibly grandparents and yourself we've said this there have been games we've reviewed that I remember the words coming out of my mouth where I said this is a thing you should give it's a very good family game I think Pandemic is a great family game it is a good family game you know what I think you're right and this is like it's a total brain fart yeah you're right Pandemic it has an accessible theme it's a puzzle that you can all work over but aren't families expecting board games to kind of be competitive maybe but I think that the weird thing I think that's why Pandemic is a great thing to get people's minds open because you think well how can that be fun if we're not playing against each other and then you go oh my god this is more fun than anything although I've just realised that when somebody asked about what is the game that burns out the quickest it sticks it (laughs) of course it is Oh, I I played it once and the next time I played it whenever people said words I thought it's that card and it was (laughs) just because you realise that whilst when you've got them all down there's like oh it could be that one that one that one that one after a while you realise it's like with a human brain when you say think of an animal people always think of elephants it's like you know it doesn't it doesn't work as well as it could yeah you know and my friends to try and get more life out of Dixit have started doing annoying things like song lyrics that only one person yeah. on the table I, I had a point at which I just when I had a few drinks playing around I just started making noises and my, my friend oh, yeah. went mental <laughs> you can't do that that's stupid even though actually I was more successful when I was just making noises than I was and it's in the manual words. yeah I know but that sort of stuff is really can put people off French games uh 
I like you know oh, this is something I just want to end the podcast by saying guys I've got an announcement to make okay I think French games are the best I do as well oh do you yeah okay Paul what do you th- you know what we don't care two against one okay French games are the best <laughs> they're actually they're, they're, yeah I'm not really going to strenuously object they just seem to be the more I play board games I find that they seem to be a mix of humour creativity really nice production values like Kemet we just played and Cyclades is French Bruno Duty, like Masquerade Ladies and Gentlemen these you are all what? games with an element of humour creativity not stodgy not too thematic they're just kind of a perfect balance and it's funny you mentioned that French games because what's now popped into my head is maybe a really good family game would be Seven Wonders actually because it's <laughs> too complicated for grandma or mom I no don't but it's so nice what about that one where you've got Atlantis falling apart and you've got to get survive that's Escape from Atlantis yes. oh I could make yes. out with you right now yeah, yeah survive family uh, whatever your name was the person who wants family games survive is the game for you probably it is yeah it, it looked nice it's totally a family it, it is quite good or if you want a cult game that's a little similar uh, Forbidden uh, Island or Forbidden Desert maybe are we uh, are we about done I'm all tired I've, I got really excited there I'm pooped I feel like I could do more you're well you could but we've filled up like an hour or an more. hour but I'm just getting started and <laughs> I have a whole nother line of coke that I could still do should we say goodnight everybody no Good night. <laughs> good night. Good night. I think we're done that was awesome thanks a lot guys yeah it's fun